everyone, and welcome to another edition of Overtime. Overtime is our weekly podcast where we get to do a little bit deeper dive into the weekend message. So glad that you're joining us here as we are in episode 84. Whoa, um, 84. How about that? <laughs> uh, that's podcast. And then for the series that we're on, we are on, I'm in week six. And which the Gospel of Luke, of like Luke. 45 or 46. Yeah, we're, we're up there. Either way, thank you so much for joining us. We do have several people that are joining us live. Thanks for coming Yeah, out. chime in with your questions, please. Yeah, please do. Or if you're catching this later via podcast or you're watching this on our website or on YouTube, thanks so much for joining us. We really hope that you're challenged and encouraged. Um, two quick announcements that we just want to draw to your attention. As we're recording this, we're coming to you live on May 25th. From the studio above the, the CLC Sanctuary. We want to let you know that this Friday on the 28th, so just in three days, that is kind of the start of the Labor Day, or excuse me, the Memorial Day weekend. Summer's Day. here. Memorial Day weekend. So if your pool's open, man, now's the time to get into, into it, right? I'm, I'm close, but yeah. not, not there yet. Oh, I see what but you did there. We want to let like you know. I got a pool is what you kind of dropped just then. I, got I, I wasn't trying, I got but pool. I, I yeah. thought about, you know, Labor Day, Memorial Day, like the start and the end and whatever. Either way, um, we would love to have you come out to check out two different things that are happening this weekend. Number one, the first is that our kitty course for the disc golf is live and open. There's baskets there. It's over to the, as you come into our facility, um, the parking lot's on the left-hand side t towards the prayer garden. Um, so you can come and check that out anytime that you would like. It's just kind of a three-par. A three-hole. Three-hole. Three um, uh, 75 feet between 75 each. 75 feet yep. holes. So come check that out if you were interested in doing that. The idea behind it is that this gives maybe younger kids, it gives families an opportunity to do disc golf, but not necessarily commit to the whole course. And you can come in the building and grab yeah. some discs. We got them right next to the big yellow mug. Yeah, anytime absolutely. between 7 a.m. and 9 p.m., you can sign some out yeah. on our system, take them out there, grab a couple, and then come back in. Lots of fun. So don't even go buy disc yet. Just bring your kids out here yeah. and have a good time. Just check it out. And then the other thing that we want to let you know about, and this is specific towards uh, Friday, May 28th. We are be uh, returning back with our fourth Friday flicks. We're pretty excited. We have got a double feature this month. We are going to be watching at 5.30 the movie Max. And then at 7.30, we're going to be watching the movie Unbroken. So pretty excited for that. That first one is rated PG. It's kind of the family-friendly version. The next movie, Unbroken, at 7.30 is a PG-13. Maybe not want to bring your younger kids to it because there's some pretty intense, dramatic scenes there might be a little bit challenging for them. So we would love for you to come out to that. So you could even do both of those on Friday if you wanted. You could do the kitty course before the 5.30 showing. Be there for the 5.30 Order some showing. pizza, have it delivered to the church parking lot. Yeah, that's what, that's I what think, we're going to do. I think our small group's trying yeah. to do that yeah. too. So we're trying to organize that, but we're pretty excited. So those are the announcements. That's what we've got going on. We would love to see Friday for either one or both of those double features. We'd love to see you start using that kitty course, if you will. Um, and yeah, we'd just love to see you around. So if you're interested in that, please show on up. If you have questions, you can email me, ben at clcfamily.church, and I'll be happy to answer any questions that you have. But, Producer Christian did just tell us the volume's down. We're trying to bring it up a little bit, so yeah. hopefully as this adjusts, it should work out for you. And we're live both on the online page and the Facebook page, so if yeah. you've got any questions, you can actually chime in. We're about a minute behind you, are you? Yeah. so we'd be happy to answer those questions as well. So with that, then, that's kind of all the announcements. Do you want to jump into the recap? We usually start with that, but yeah. Yeah, so we're in week six of the series I'm in, and so kind of the backstory is we've been uh, – Watching Jesus as he has uh, recruited his first followers, really, really important. He, he takes 12, he splits them up in pairs, and he sends them out. Really, really neat. And those 12 come back with 
what we think is about 60 more, maybe 72 more, depending on how, how the numbers counted. But there's at least 70 folks now in the mix. And uh, Jesus spends about six months with them, training them. And we've been looking, thanks Christian, uh, we've been looking at uh, kind of what he's been doing with them in preparation for bringing in the kingdom of God. And so this is where the big movement gets started. And as we've been doing that, we've actually paying attention to how movements have kind of started throughout the history of the world from, uh, you know, uh, particularly for the church for the last 2,000 years. And they kind of all have five things in common. And each week we've been kind of talking about them and going, hey, that's what I think God wants to do now. And the first one was white hot faith. Every single movement had people who really, really believed that Jesus was Lord. They repented, meaning they changed the way they thought, and they leaned in, which is what we've been inviting you to do. And I know many of you, I'm hearing it. Boy, am I hearing it. There is this white hot faith happening. That's why we love kind of the imagery of the I-Man graphics. It's this idea that the way that you make a fire burn hot is you... You kind of pile all the briquettes on top of each other. The way that you slow it down or let it burn out is you kind of separate it. It's been a year of separation. And we're going, it's time to lean all the way back in. So white hot faith is a characteristic of healthy church movements. Second one is they're committed to a cause. Right? Jesus even said, whoever follows me needs to deny them. Whoever wants to follow me needs to deny that themselves, take up the cross, and follow him. Right? And that literally means we can't continue to have this self-talk that tells us that God does not love us, that he does not have a plan for us, that we've messed it up too bad, and we get to lean in fully into the kingdom and be completely committed. Third one, third one is contagious relationships. There's something really interesting about the church that goes, hey, those are people that love each other regardless of their brokenness, regardless of their behavior. They love each other and care for each other. And by the way, I'm just reading an article uh, maybe yesterday, day before, Sunday afternoon, uh, literally written by an atheist saying one of the biggest issues for people right now is their loneliness. And he uh, surmised that the problem was actually that the churches shutting down, even for non-Christians looking for community. He argued that the church is one of the best places to find it. We would agree with him. All truth belongs to God. And even that truth coming out of an atheist mouth who doesn't believe in God, we still would say it was true. And so what does it look like to have a community of people? And this upcoming week, this Sunday, we're really, really going to double down on that thought of it's time for you to lean all the way in in real community, have a church family, all those things. But the fourth one was actually rapid mobilization, that there was um this response where they realized that the Holy Spirit lived and each and every one of them, and they began to do the work. And that's what's so profound about this whole series that we've been in. I'm in, and then before that, it was the uh, sent, uh, prepared to be sent, you know. The special so, sent study there guide. There it is, yeah, yeah, that's so complicated. <laughs> well, who came up with that? And, and then even the whole Gospel of Luke, what I've been telling you is that it's all about living in, in the present, not in the future. It's there for you in the future too. The kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, 92 times in the Gospels, that is taught about. And Luke says he writes all these, his words, 1,151 verses, 568 direct quotations of Jesus so that we can have certainty of the things that Jesus taught us about the kingdom of God and the big aha is you can live in the kingdom of God now because the Holy Spirit is available to you, right? That God himself is available to you. That's why this week when we kind of looked at uh, week six, we talked a little bit about Pentecost, the birthday of the church, that God made himself available in his spirit. And so therefore, everywhere we go, we take the kingdom with us and so uh, there's adaptive methods meaning every day we go the lord is doing what he wants to do in us as we walk obediently and the fifth characteristic is a um, sorry a rapid mobilization because christ 
in us, and then the fifth one being rapid mobilization. As I'm sorry, rap adaptive methods number five, four, five. There you go. You don't need this. You can go back and listen. So that's what we've been looking at. So this week, finally, we're going okay. The kingdom of God is here. Jesus said to repent. John the Baptist said to repent for the kingdom of God is near. What does it look like to actually live in the kingdom? You've been asking, and we've been going. It's coming. Okay, how do I actually live in the kingdom of God? And God, in His gracious words, gave us ten kind of things in the scripture to see how we can and how we should live in the kingdom of God. And today we'll kind of go back through those 10. And so today we're going to look at how we fully lean into the kingdom of God. And here's why this is really important because Jesus says the harvest is plentiful, meaning your vision's not big enough for what he wants to do. Everywhere you look, Jesus sees a harvest ripe for the picking, right? I would argue that COVID has primed a bunch of people to go, is this it? Is this all is this all there is? What about why do I feel so alone? Why do I feel like I'm in so much pain? Why do I feel so much despair, right? Because there's two kingdoms. One is the kingdom of earth, which leaves us wanting and disappointed and in pain and sorrow. And I told you this week, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven that Jesus talked about, is the solution to all those problems. The solution to death, the solution to loneliness, the solution to despair. And Jesus goes, the harvest is plentiful, but then he says the workers are few. So then he tells us to pray for uh, workers. And I would say, we've been praying. And I would double down and say, and you should be laborers in the harvest. So what does it look like to be laborers in the harvest? Uh, That's what we talked about this week. That's what we'll talk about again today. So thanks for joining us in the fun of all this series, week six. One more week to go. Yeah, so one of the things that you had said was the big idea was you get to decide if you will receive or reject the kingdom of God. So that was kind of the driving force. And and we will get to those 10 steps that you kind of had mentioned um, there. as we did that, though, one of the things that you talked about was the centripetal versus the centrifugal force. Did yeah, you yeah. want to kind of recover any of that? Yeah, yeah. So, oh, man, I actually, let's see if I got on in here. Uh, no, I don't. I was going to show you pictures, but I'm not going to. It, uh, so, basically, it's the same motion. Uh, centripetal, think about a toilet drain, right? You flush the toilet, and it starts on the outside, and it sucks things down, right? Or you've probably been to a mall where they can, uh, your kids go, oh, I want to put a quarter in those things, like these big, huge funnels. And you put it on the end, and it just kind of slowly goes around the edge and goes all the way down or like a drain as water disappears it goes down the drain so centripetal is a force that starts on the outside draws things in and what I think has happened in the last four years is we have been that kind of force in our community. We've started on the outside. We've started in the margins. And we've continued to invite people in and drawn people in, right? And so, but the, the thing is, is that to make sense that we do that, really want to love our community and help them feel included, help them find family. But the reality is Jesus, he grabbed a few people, not the masses, 12 actually, and drew them in. Then he sent them back out. And then he grabbed 72, drew them in, and then he sent them back out. And so centripetal draws in. Centrifugal is just the exact opposite. I don't know if you've ever been to a county fair where there's that, what, one of the things called the Gravitron. I don't know yeah. if you've been there, where you like sit on the seat and you lay down and then it starts to spin and it goes faster and faster and faster. And then like your cheeks like <laughs> suck up to your face. And then the, the like that, even your, like the, the back of the seat goes up and you're just like, it's like literally, the only thing keeping you in there is just kind of contained within the thing, right? And if you were to be let go, you would have gone on a tangent, literally the actual tangent, out into the world, right? Because there's this force, centrifugal, that sends out where centripetal draws in. And I just would tell you, I think God is in a season in our church and in the scriptures. Jesus was there when he started this movement 2,000 years ago, where it's time we've been drawn in. Now it's time to be 
sent out. And so what does it look like to be sent out with the Holy Spirit? Well, we see Jesus initiate his second round of centrifugal force. And so we're going, okay, if it's our time to be sent out, if we've been drawn in so that we can be sent out, if we need to think about our property as a tools for being sent out, right? That's one of the things that's different. Yes, we have a disc golf course, right? Yeah. But it's not just because we want to draw people into the church, right? No, we want you to use the tools to be sent out and invite people with you. We have these movies coming up yeah. Friday night. You should definitely come. It would be beautiful. There's a free drive-in movie with great movies. You know how many people in our community would want to do that? But instead of just inviting them in and hoping they go, oh, that's a cool church. I'll come sometime. No, no, you should invite them. You should sit with them. You should be sent into their world and start having conversations with them, right? And so this is the idea that we got to Pray for the harvest, pray for the laborers, and then realize, and I love this, what Billy Graham says. I didn't make it into the sermon this week. He says, whenever you pray, he says a couple of things. One, he says, heaven is filled with answers that no one decided to ask, right? Something so beautiful that there's just answers that we just never asked for, right? But the other thing he says, never be pray for something that you're not willing to be a part of the solution. Hmm. So as we pray for the harvest, pray for the laborers, just understand that. God's plan for the harvest is his people, and you and I are his people. And so the centrifugal force is going. We are called to be sent out into our community, into our neighborhoods, and start connecting with them. And so it's a season of no longer just centripetal force of drawing people in. We are flipping the switch, and we're going, nope, time to be sent out. You can do it. We can help. And the Holy Spirit will empower. Really, really neat. So that's where we, that's what we discussed. Yeah, yeah and I feel like you just explained this, but yeah. I feel like I'm maybe even putting it in my own terms. So if, if the church is the center, for many churches, and some people would argue that what the church does is that they draw people in just to the church. And what we're saying is that we want to go and be sent out. So it's not about coming in, it's about going out. And the way that we do that, some of the things may not change, yeah. just like the movies. Like, the idea behind that is that you would bring friends and you would be able to communicate. In fact, picking the movies that I picked this month was in hopes that you would be able to have some spiritual conversations. So with Max and with your children, there's some really big um, things that come up in there, including this idea of why we celebrate Memorial Day. So, and, and then for the second movie for Unbroken, Louis Zamperini, like his story ultimately is about coming to know Christ as Lord and Savior. And so there's some really great things that we're hoping discussion comes from that. And so again, it's not about like bringing your friends just to church so that they can hear and that's all that happens, but you being the church outside of these walls. So pretty excited for that. Um, one of the things that you had talked about was you had said that you had a lot of stories that you couldn't get to. I don't know if this is the right place or time, but it was kind of where you were within the message. Like you talked about uh, vegetable oil for your car. Yeah, yeah. So honestly, it has nothing to do with the sermon. Uh, so, but, so I was a church planter, right? Yeah. So being sent out. So I left a comfortable, stable job doing college ministry. It was glorious. It's like youth ministry without permission slips. <laughs> so much fun, right? As a youth pastor, yeah. you find that really fun. Yeah. Like, oh, permission slips. Like, these are these are. Kind of grown adults. Yeah. Right? So, grown. yeah. So it was a really fun season. But the Lord, you know, revealed to us, uh, to Julie and I, that it was, uh, that he wanted us to participate in being sent. So we started a okay. church and saw some real growth. In fact, and I mean, I have the, the logo of it here. See it? Oh, and you can actually see it here too. It's the churchinabar.com. That's okay. literally what we started. Still own the domain name. We actually started in a nightclub because it was empty on a Sunday, yeah. right? In Georgia with, you couldn't sell alcohol, couldn't host things in churches. So it was a free place to meet. And, yeah. So it grew pretty fast. We uh, relocated to kind of a 24-7 permanent spot inside of a mall, and it continued to grow, and it felt really, it really did feel like the Lord told us to start another church, campus that became its own church, in a neighboring city about 15 minutes away, still there, beautiful.
beautiful church. I actually bought a shopping center over there. Really, really beautiful. Mm. But um, we moved there, and, you know, it's probably got a 20% adult illiteracy rate, like a very okay. interesting place. And uh, we bought a by accident, we bought a 10 or 12 acre farm. I mean, we liked the house, but across the road, there was these acres that came with it. And, you know, okay. goats and all sorts of stuff that showed up with it. Pole barns, beautiful, beautiful thing. And um, so the economy of the day there was not cash. They didn't have any. It mm. literally was bartering. They mm. literally had every Tuesday something called Trade Day, this huge flea market. They called it Trade Day because that's how this community worked. And mm. so I kind of got in that. Like I would design web pages for uh, dairy uh, farmers. In fact, Starling Mill farm.com they still use it of like how they sold their milk from their jersey cows and he gave me okay. a cow calf pair for it right like so i got cows out of the result and we didn't sell them we liked them too much so we sold them before we moved out to montana but we had so i was just you know really doing bartering in fact one of the really neat things about sophie our oldest our youngest that we adopted uh, there's usually lots and lots of fees it didn't cost us anything one because okay. we knew that um the teenage mom, like Julie was okay. in the delivery room with her, right? Really, really beautiful story. Not a Christian, but knew that our church is very involved in that. Such a great story. But I literally bartered with the attorneys. I did their website oh. and photography for them to um, do all the fees, mm. I had to cover all the fees. So even that, like it's just part of the culture. And okay. so my buddy owned a, a Maryland fried chicken joint. It's funny, not Kentucky fried chicken, Maryland fried chicken is a different type. And um, he was looking for branding, and so that's where we got in this barter system where I would go pick up his used vegetable oil. I got all sorts of stories there where one week I spilled a 55-gallon drum of used vegetable oil in the biggest intersection. Not that big, but the biggest intersection in Somerville. Such a mess, right? I don't want to go into how, how I cleaned that up because I'm deeply ashamed. Uh, but um, one of the things, the design is so funny. So he decided, this is what I was going to tell, and forgive me, this is not appropriate, nor did it meet the sermon. But since you're here, I'll tell you, right? For all those of you joining us, hey, thanks, Amy Shaw, for saying the sound. Sounds good. Appreciate you uh, uh, chiming in there. Uh, but um, so he wanted to launch kind of uh, a breakfast at Maryland Fried Chicken, but he didn't want to do eggs, right? Like just eggs. So he um, he wanted to do chicken sandwiches, like Chick Fil A, right? Okay. And so I, I designed this really like. Uh, Sorry, I'll use the word sexy chicken, right? So it was like a that that was kind of the, the premise. It was this chicken and like a mini skirt, and she's got a Virginia slim, and she's like leaning up against the. I mean, it's terrible, terrible. I'm so embarrassed. But I remember, I was a kid. I didn't know any better. And so there's this chicken. I, I probably could find it somewhere. It's like crazy, like this illustrated chicken I found and kind of built up and made it look like really, really fancy. And the whole slogan was, "I'm more than just a pair of ovaries," right? That was the whole thing, right? Because it's not just eggs, but it's like she's gonna die because you're. Not, but anyway, there was this big thing. But anyway, that's what I was going to tell. And I was like, there's no reason to tell this. There's not a single good thing. I'm not even sure why we were talking about uh, yeah. the, the, vet, the used vegetable oil and the Mercedes. I actually cannot okay. recall why we talked about that on Sunday. But that was part of the story of going, oh, okay. man, this is so funny. And I got so many of them. And that's just one of them. I traded everything. Like, I think I may okay. have shared with you or maybe church. Like, I would trade. I, there was a barter show on TV then that I was really interested in. Like, you kind of trade up, and there was this youth ministry game where you'd start with, like, a dollar, and you'd keep trading. Yeah, yeah. Show about, about the end with the biggest thing. So I love doing that stuff. And so, like, I, in about a four-month period, I traded, like, seven or eight cars. And a oh. six-month period, I had a Jeep Wrangler. I had a Mustang convertible. I got a, a Corvette Stingray. Like, all sorts wow. of stuff just kept trading. And um, the Corvette Stingray I got was it needed a paint job, but it was beautiful. But it had a bad transmission. But I didn't mm -hmm. realize when I traded it. So I was driving down the road one day, and the transmission went out. So I couldn't drive it anymore. But the way that it worked, the links were I broken. Um, I, the only way it could go was backwards. <laughs> so I literally, all through downtown Somerville, I am driving backwards in this Corvette Stingray. Was all the way police? back home. 
I'm yeah, I've got stories of those too. <laughs> like, there's so many crazy stories. Cause I, yeah, anyway. So, I mean, it just was like a crazy scenario. I'm going, God, what you doing all this stuff? But anyway, so okay. that that's all it was. That's, I mean, there, yeah, that was part of it. So. Well, that that's fun at the very least. So thank, yeah. thanks. Now for on the other that. side of it. So when I told you that the the car stopped working, yeah. right? And I'm running down the road. Like I literally, I'm sprinting down the road. This is for the funeral yes. that you were late for. It's terrible. Right? It's terrible. Yeah. It's not. It's kind of you're gonna go, but I mean it is that terrible. I was also teaching math at a local Christian school, so I left there and I was driving and I was in my suit, only suit I had, and um, it was a pretty messy deal. It was a former student who mm-hmm. who became a Christian, but then got really distracted by other things when mm-hmm. he got a little older, and um, he actually was in the middle of a drug deal. He was selling mm-hmm. them that went bad, okay. and they got in, a, in this little bitty town. They got in a gunfight, mm-hmm. and so he died. And I had all the music that was supposed to be played, but I couldn't get there in time. And so I'll finally, I'm coming running in, and they're playing some music that has nothing to do with God, nothing to do with Jesus, but it was kind of like John Lennon type Imagine, but the song, I just remember walking in. The song was about imagine a world, imagine a time where there was no guns and no violence. Mm. And I'm going, how did this song? I yeah. mean, so because they just hit a playlist, so it was just a yeah. mess, all because of my bad spoil car. But anyway, so that, those are the stories, some of them. Let's, you reel us back in. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and switch. So the idea, yeah, the big idea was that we get to take the kingdom of God wherever we go. Yeah. And that's in part, you did talk a little bit about the kitchen, um, something that we had you know, raised funds yeah. for a couple of years ago, and we're starting to see some fruit from that. Um, talked about um, movies, disc golf. We yeah. already kind of went yeah, into Yeah, and we got an all-abilities playground. In yeah. 2019, we raised money for both the kitchen yeah. that you'll start seeing renovations for. Hopefully in the next month, we'll see. Ask the Lord for laborers for the, the harvest of that and township approval. But we're, 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 we're absolutely confident we have the funds and it will get started this summer. Yeah. We're just not sure exactly the timeline. Uh, in the next three weeks, you will see, maybe four weeks, you will see an all-abilities playground equipment will be dropped right yeah. next to our current playground. And it should be installed by the end of June. And That's we're going, exciting. hey, we the harvest is plentiful. Like There are plenty of folks that we want to connect with and love on and some of that is will have to be done in phases it's expensive equipment so phase one is a few pieces and phase two is more like the the rubber uh trails around it and then uh a big uh, some swings and so some of that is fun so you you can jump in on that if you want to but we're using the funds that we've already raised and so we have disc golf yeah. tournaments coming up maybe some flag football tournaments yeah. some other things and by tournaments i mean exactly that not tournaments i don't know what that word is and so lots of stuff going on but it Again, want my help focus. It's not because we want to be a cool church. We want to be well known, and we want people just to stumble in here, and that just be the end of it. We want to give you tools to invite your friends to participate and start having conversation about the kingdom of God with them. Remember, what we understand in the series, what we've been paying attention to for quite some time now, is the way that it happens is you hear about it, you've heard about it, then you think about it, you've thought about it, and then you start to speak about the kingdom of God. All right, and as you speak about it, you bring about it, and as you speak about it, guess what? Others hear about it, and so the kingdom of God is all about you speaking and proclaiming it, and going and participating in it. So these things that you're going to see pop up, they're not because we want to be a cool church, or the most influential church, or the biggest church. They literally are just tools for you to operate in this centrifugal force of being sent into our community. They're just tools to be used. Walking trails, just to be used. All those things, just for the kingdom of God. Yeah. So I want to jump into the text. Okay. um, Because what what you had just started there, you said the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few, which is verse 2. 
Um, but let's just maybe take it a step, um, go a step back yeah. and start at verse one. So we're in chapter 10. This is after chapter nine. So Jesus sends out the 12. They go out, they have a, a great time and then kind of pick up here. There's a lot more that happens in chapter yeah, nine. So it's a very they get sent. They get sent, they bring people back. Yeah. They get about six months, we think. Maybe four, okay. six months between the first centrifugal moment yeah. and the second one, right? So uh, 18 months with the disciples. Then they come back with, you know, more and then you get about six months and now he's doing it again right and so so this is what it says in chapter 10 verse 1 it says after this the lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him two by two into every town and place where he himself was about to go so uh, i don't know like i want to ask and have you unpack any of these verses anything additional that you didn't get a share on sunday but uh, is there an important place to start at to go okay here's the 72 these are presumably the 12 that the 12 found right each uh jesus broke the disciples into two in a pair so six groups they find 12 people so that's probably where we get the number 72 yeah so yeah a a group of 12 split up in pairs of two who are sent out they come back and they kind of all seem that each group of two has now their a 10 with them right so it depends on how you view this is is it 72 more or is it 72 including okay i don't know either one so either they add 12 new ones to their group the way that jesus added 12 that makes a lot of sense to me so now you got 12 or six groups of 12, where you had one group of 12, and so you've multiplied it by six so far. Really, really neat for the kingdom. So Jesus has done that through his people, and so there they are, and now they're going to do it again. So he splits them up in pairs, and so a couple things I just would highlight is the importance of the pairs, right? Like, this is so gracious of God. Like, he doesn't want any of you to be a lone wolf. And I use the word wolf later, and I mean just someone who walks and does it by themselves. That is miserable, and it's not the way the kingdom of God exists. In the very beginning, God existed in three persons. He had infinite community and love, and he decides to invite us into that and then invite others in. So the first thing I would say is, this is really, really important if you want to live in the kingdom of God. Well, I gave you 10 things that you can go, yep, do I do that? Before we even get there, you got to go, do you have community to do this with? Because hmm. you are not meant to do this alone. It's actually yeah. impossible to do it alone. He literally looked at Adam and gave him a plan, and he goes, oh, not good for him to be by himself, right? So there's just something about community that loves you well. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's a kid. Maybe it's a co worker maybe it's a, a, a whole community group whatever that is you just see that he goes the way by which this is going to work is in community so i'd highlight that the second thing i'd highlight mm-hmm. is he sent them ahead of him yeah. right uh where he himself is about to go this is what is so beautiful sometimes you don't see the work that's being done when you go and have the conversations or invite someone to the movies and start talking about it but one day Jesus is going to go to those places. He's going to go into those hearts. And so our mission is not to save people, not to fix people. I tell you all over and over again, it's Luke chapter 3, verses 4 through 6. Where our job is to prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him, remove every mountaintop, fill in every valley, make every crooked path straight so that all mankind can see or know God's salvation, right? So our job is just to remove the obstacles. So as you're being sent in pairs, your job in that, you don't even realize it yet, is actually just to remove the obstacles, just to be kind and gracious. Allow them to see a different picture of people in the church that aren't judgmental, that aren't mean, that aren't con- condemning, right? That can have fun, that do enjoy life, that aren't stuffy. Whatever those things are, there's just some work that you might not even see that is being done, but you were doing it in the kingdom of God and Jesus is using you to do it because one day he's going to show up in their heart. So that's just so beautiful. So we actually see that play out right here in verse one. Yeah, so then we get to verse two. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord 
of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And here is kind of where we start. There was 10, yeah. 10 different things that you talked about, but here Jesus starts to give specific instructions, which is mostly what your list is made up of, right? Like it's, it's these yep, things that Jesus it. says. Just identify what they are. Yep. Yeah, and that's what we're identifying. So I guess, is there anything more? And you did unpack this already. So yeah. uh, so again, we always encourage you to let this be kind of the, the secondary stopping yeah. point. Like always want to encourage you to watch or listen to that sermon so that you at least have a grasp and understanding of what was talked about on Sunday. And then this can be kind of conversation 2.0 or, or whatever, 1.2. I don't know yeah. how that's supposed to work. But, but is there anything more that you want to talk about there? And the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Because you spent some good time on that. Yeah, so, I mean, there's two things to point out. And I would say, forget the other nine. Okay. And so I would say, um, you know, that, that this is, number one is a prerequisite. for yeah. the, like Not a co-requisite, not something you can do at the same time. Number one is where this gets initiated. Mm-hmm. And so... The first thing we see is the problem, the harvest is plentiful, right? Right now we look at it and go, there's a lot of people that are really hurt, that are searching and wondering if there's more to life than, you know, isolation and pain and sorrow. And by the way, many of them are coming to the conclusion that there's not anything more and they're taking their own lives. That number is very significant across every demographic. And so, not not trying to go, ah, oh, fear monger you, but there is this urgency that he is saying the harvest is plentiful look at these folks who are looking for grace and mercy and yeah. inclusion right now so he's saying they're there and then so we see with well, the vision and then we see the problem the, the laborers are few right and so we go yeah that's right we gotta figure this out but he tells us before even sending them out he says this he says it pray mm-hmm. uh then pray earnestly therefore pray earnestly and so whenever you see that word therefore in the scriptures you're gonna get tired of me saying this but one day you're gonna see you're gonna ask the same question what is it there for. When you see therefore and you go, well, the therefore there, the prey, is a result of the, the vision and the problem. The vision, lots of people who would receive this. The problem is there's not enough workers to get it out. And you go, well, that doesn't make sense because God is great and mighty. And couldn't he just do it himself? Yep, he could. But he decides not mm-hmm. to. And again, you're going to hear me say this at least three more times during just this talk. When you get your own universe, you can make your own rules. Until you get your own universe, you got to live by the rules of the universe. And God decides his best method for loving you, caring for you, inviting you into community, and for getting the message out in the world. And by the way, it's work because we're talking about this 2,000 years later, yeah. right? Is, is people, people, you and I are his, his means by which this message goes to the ends of the earth. and so. But he says that it starts with prayer, meaning we have to relinquish our control. We'll talk about that in just a second. We have to submit ourselves. We have to surrender our agenda. That's where it starts. So prayer changes things every time, but the real thing it actually changes is us. And what I would have talked about on Sunday and what I talk about all the time, and I want to say it's In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day by Mark Batterson. He also wrote a book called Circle Maker, which I'll also talk about in just a second, the, kind of the premise. But he gives this analogy for prayer. And I mean, I... I, I overuse this, but I don't care. Like if you've heard it, it's worth hearing again. And he talks about the reticular activation system. Mm. This part of our eye that literally has its own brain in it. That once you notice something, you or think about something, you notice it more, right? We talk about it all the time. You get a new pair of shoes and you go, I'm the only one with these color shoes in this way. And then all of a sudden you look around and everybody has them. I'm the only one with this kind of Tesla. You look around yes. and everybody has them. I'm the only one who does CrossFit. Wait, you know better than that because you're on Facebook. And you know, I'm the only <laughs> one who's a vegan. Wait, you know better. Uh, you know, there's lots of people on Facebook. You know, sorry. Right, so, so whatever those things are you didn't know it and then all of a sudden you start noticing it's not like those things just all of a sudden started there literally is a part of our brain and our eye that help us kind of an antennae that go up and he argues brilliantly 
that he believes that's what prayer is. It's not that God's not at work. When right. we start to pray, or start to pray, we start noticing and seeing Him at work. That's why a lot of you have prayer journal, and you should, mm -hmm. because you could go back and go, "Man, the Lord has just been in all this." I go back and look at the last year of my life and my prayers. Go, He was answering those prayers. I just mm -hmm. couldn't see it in those moments. And so there's something about praying here, right? And I keep telling you about these movements. While there are some, you know, characteristics and attributes you can see in it, that's not where they get initiated. They mm -hmm. all get initiated. Hear me all get initiated with prayer, then repentance. Hmm. Prayer, then repentance. And so we got to start with prayer. That's why right now we're cutting a mile and a uh, 1.6, 1.7 mile track around the whole outside of our property. That's over here. That's on Louisville. That's 1016 State. That's our whole, whole property because we want you to start praying. We want you to start walking, which is good for you. Taking a left step, then a right step, connecting your left and right side of your brains and just praying and asking God to do something really profound. Mark Batterson also writes a book called Circle Maker, where he goes back to through the history of people drawing circles around their house and making circles and praying and asking God to have his way. So we're going, we got to do this. We, as you walk around this property, you got to go, God, could you have your way? God, what do you want to do with the counseling center on this property? God, what can, can you make yourself known to these disc golfers? Like Whatever that is, like God is going to do something, but it starts with prayer. So when he says, therefore, pray earnestly, we should therefore pray earnestly, and most of us don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I am much more bent towards action than I am towards prayer, yeah. which is devastating to think about because it means I believe that I am in God and I am in charge and he's not. We have a prayer room in our church, and which I certainly hope happens this summer. Is you'll start seeing a schedule come up and we'll go, could you just come and mm. intercede on behalf of your you know, your community and your church and your nation, would you just ask them to do something, right? There's just something about prayer. So the very first thing where all of this starts, where all of it gets initiated is prayer. And that doesn't mean you're good at it. It doesn't mean you know how to do it well. You just stumble through it, talking to God and just asking him to have his way in, your, in our world, in our church and in your life, and then sitting still before him and seeing if he wants to speak. Because the Spirit does want to speak to you. And I even told you, like, we're going to help you with this. Through the whole month of June, every Wednesday night, virtually, you'll be able to go to a cow class and learn more about prayer. Yeah. And we'll feed you, baby birds. We really will. Like, you can do it. We can help. So it all starts a prayer. So if you didn't hear all that Sunday or you did, definitely worth the review. Yeah, starts sure. now. We really want to see the harvest be, uh, you know, reaped and enjoyed and people come to know him and enjoy the fruit of that and all start with prayer. So do you have any practical tips? Like, I think that's really good yeah. and, I, and it does need to. And I feel like every time that we speak about prayer, honestly, I feel like, man, I, I need to do that yeah. more often. So is there any practical tips that you would give to somebody that would say, hey, I want to pray more and I should pray more. How do I go about that? Yeah, really good question. So here's a hack for me. I shared it with our disciple yeah. class once. One of the things that I do, and I think it's really helpful, and I, think I would yeah. encourage you. I thought this was good. Every time you're like walking, and like anywhere, and you see someone, but they remind you of someone else, yeah. whatever that is. Oh, that looks like, hey, is that Joni? Yeah. Is that John? Whatever it is. In that moment, I have just learned at that moment just to start praying for that person yeah. in my spirit, right? And so the, the idea that I think we get wrong is, okay, we, I mean, I'm not saying this, you should do this, and we want to do this, we want to set time. This idea that you got to go, okay, for 30 minutes, Tuesday mornings, I'm going to pray. Great if you put it on your calendar if you're a calendar person. But a lot of you will miss a Tuesday, then miss the next Tuesday, and just stop. So yeah. I would just say short bursts, just short bursts, like whenever you are in the car. Like if you can think of something to be grateful for, it's so interesting and you read in the scriptures that over and over again, they marveled at Jesus. We saw it two weeks ago, maybe last week, no, two weeks ago. They marveled at Jesus and then he gave, the, he, then he spoke to them, yeah. right? So there's just something about just gratitude filling your heart yeah. every day. Just think of things that you can be grateful for, talk about them. Literally prayer means exchanging wishes. So if there is a desire on your heart, 
share it to God. Yeah. But then just be okay if he doesn't give you what you want, right? Because it's not about you. It's about him. And so the way that I want you to view prayer is it's not binary. It's not you pray a prayer and God says yes or no, right? Yeah. God is immeasurably bigger than that. And it, it, when you talk to God, if I ask God to do something in my kid's life, he's either going to do that every single time or he's going to do what I would ask if I could see all the things he sees and knows all the things he knows. Therefore, when you pray, every single time you pray, you are untapping infinite opportunities from heaven to invade earth infinite and so we just see that as a great joy of just talking to god short burst right not yeah. like i gotta sit for a long time just short burst when you have something to be grateful for pray it um when when you see someone or think about something pray for them yeah. every time that you think about our church in that moment just pray and pray whatever comes to your mind pray whatever comes into your spirit god would you uh i mean it's okay even if you get it wrong right when you want to argue with your spouse or your kid just pray about that first you might still argue with them you might still talk to your kids and try to correct them but just pray about it first even mm -hmm. if for just a second if you're going to post something on facebook as a result of what someone else posts that name that comes up just pray for them god would you bless them literally the scriptures say bless those who curse you so we just pray blessings and over curses right we just Pray them over and over again. So short bursts, small, short bursts. The other hack I think is really, really important where I've seen the most growth in my life is not putting off prayer, yeah. right? Hey, I'll pray for that later. Yep, I'll put it on my list just in that moment, even if it's a 30-second prayer, right? Yeah. Same thing with your email. What I'm trying to learn is just respond immediately, even if it's a short email. Some people send me really long ones. Oh, God, I feel so bad just responding short, but it's better than what will happen, which is I'll think about it, and then I'll go, oh, I'll get back to it, and then months later, I'll go, I never responded, right? So just in that moment, like just pray. If someone says, hey, would you pray for it? Yep, we'll do it right now, right? Just yeah. short burst, short burst. Yeah. And guess what will happen? It's the same thing as you think about when you run, right? If you're really, really in bad shape, right? even this couch to 5k thing you know what it does it has you do short bursts and then you walk mm -hmm. a little bit longer bursts and you walk so the way by which you build up your tolerance it's a bad word but our endurance for prayer mm -hmm. is just short bursts short yeah. bursts long breaks short bursts long breaks yeah. and so you just got to set your mind to just remind you whatever you're seeing whatever you're doing uh, short bursts long breaks you read something in the news about the present short bursts long breaks right mm -hmm. god would you please just bless him would you bring peace to him would you give him your wisdom and discernment yeah. amen Right, just so that thing doesn't And even the reticular yeah. activation, yeah. like, because then you start to see it and notice it. That's exactly too. right. So yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it works so, hand in hand. So I hope that's helpful. I'm, I'm yeah. terrible at prayer. So those are the hacks in my life that help yeah. me just do it. I just know that I'm just going to lean in now, yeah. not wait till later. Lean uh, in now, I've, not wait till later. I've heard and seen you do yeah. those. So yeah. I just felt like for anybody that's in the same boat, because yeah. I'm in the same way, I'm, I'm more drawn to action. Like, okay, let me do this yeah. rather than going, okay, let me stop and pray. Yeah. Um, but I think that those do work and help incredibly. Um, continuing on, so the next yeah. part, we'll probably, uh, we'll just and get And verse, verse number two. Uh, verse <laughs> three, three technically. So. Uh, it says, so pray is the first one that we talked about yep. on Sunday. Pray. The second one, and starting in verse three, it says, go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. So that brings yes. us to two and three steps, which is to go, yeah. like simply go. So I just point out that you noticed go is after pray. Yeah. So he's going to tell them this, and he's actually telling them that the harvest is plentiful. Then he's going to tell them their response to it, which is yeah. pray for the laborers. And what's interesting, and now he's saying to go. So this yeah. is, I wish I could have talked about this Sunday, but this is so funny because he goes, hey, the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few. So um, so there's, he's going to tell them that. And But so, so look, Luke, two verse, Luke 10 verse 1, it tells us that he sent them on ahead. But if you yeah. notice, they don't know that yet, yeah. <laughs> right? So I don't know that True. they know that yet. So it's not like they go, we're going to be sent. No, we pray, then we go. It's like, yeah. okay, let me tell you what's about to happen. Mm -hmm. Then what we see here is they pray. And he says, so pray to send out laborers. 
You know, after they pray to smell laborers, he goes, go. In other words, you got to understand that sometimes you're the answer to your own prayer, mm. right? Not you, but the spirit inside of you. So this is so important that you pray, but when you pray, you're the solution to that prayer. It's so profound to me that he says then, go. So step one, pray. Don't pray first, right? Prayer over performance. And yeah. then, then, then there will be a call to action and the call to action is to go. I promise you, the call to action is always to be sent, to be sent. God, would you, would you meet the needs of my neighbors while their husband is, you know, at war? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm asking that. I guess we should go order a Moe's basket and take it to it, right? Or whatever that is. Like, well, that's how that works. So you pray and then you go. Now the thing you gotta go is you could pray and get all inspired. Oh, we'll do this, right? You've had this and you get really motivated. Then you go. And then all of a sudden you just feel like this oppression. Hmm. And it's like, Jesus is so gracious in this. He goes, start, step one is you pray. And then what's going to happen is it's going to implore you to go. The Spirit is going to, I promise you. As you're exchanging wishes, Jesus is going to that's a great idea. You should do it. Put the Spirit inside you. I send him and you go get it, right? But the third one in this is he goes, and, and beware of wolves. Yeah. So you got to be aware that it's not just an idealistic world, that everybody's not going to respond and give you high fives and celebrate you or even fund yeah. your mission. That's just not how it's going to happen. So he is he's telling them to respond with prayer and then be obediently go. But he says there are enemies. Yeah. There is an enemy, and you know that. We know that. We see it in our world. There is evil that hates good. There is evil that is dark that hates light. But the dark can't do anything about the light yeah. in the way that the light can do something about the dark. The dark has no power over the light. Light has tons of power over the dark. Yeah. So, yep, there are enemies. There's dark. There are wolves, and they want to devour you as. And this is a pretty image because this is a agrarian shepherding culture. So he's going and he keeps calling people to be sheep, you know, feed sheep, you know. And so there's this idea that there are people you're supposed to care for and protect, but there is someone who wants to hurt and destroy yeah. them. So we just have to be aware of that and make sure we pray and ask the Lord to protect us. And I feel like it's so amazing. I don't think it's coincidence that it's the first step is to go and then be aware because I think if we focus on the the – <laughs> the wolves, yeah. we won't go, right? Like it's, oh, fear. Well, what if I don't know it's as you're going, okay, I'm aware that there are people that will not be, you know, excited about this same God that I serve that want to hear about this, but it's not going to hinder me from going. Yeah. And so that is where the church has done a real disservice. Yeah. I think uh, like this idea that we tell you, you pray the prayer and everything gets fixed. Yeah. In fact, when you read through the scriptures, it doesn't really work that way. Now your soul gets fixed, right? Like you, that you are made right before God and you will have joy and you'll have peace, but it won't be without issues yeah. around you. It won't be that he just will fix all your problems right away. He will fix your biggest one, which is you were separated from him for all eternity and you want to train bound to a deep destruction for the rest of eternity, right? And he saves you from that. But when you pray the prayer, it's not all puppies and rainbows. Yeah, That's why I use that right. term so often. It's not puppies and rainbows. It isn't. Yeah. And so you're not signing up because the timeshare is nice, right? You're signing up because Jesus is greater than everything else. Yeah. And so he's going, yep, there's an enemy, but that's dark. Yeah. There's a there's a God, light, who, and I'm not describing, like just as a description, I'm not going, light is God, right? Yeah. But there is a way that God and Satan, God and evil are not equals. Yeah. And so you have all that you need in the spirit, but he goes, but you're going to face some things and you're going to be disappointed in the way that some people respond. And people that you thought were sheep might actually be wolves. Yeah. And I've had that experience multiple times in my life. It's just yeah. part of living in a world that's broken. Yeah. Uh, so moving on then says, so sending you out verse four, he says, this is where it's interesting, right? Cause this yeah. is where we place. I'm ready. Effort. I'm ready. I got this. Yeah. I can face the wolves. He says, carry no money bag, no knapsack, 
no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Yeah. Like there's there's a lot there of going, okay, don't take anything that brings you comfort or the things that you would even expect yeah. to bring, right? Like, uh, is there anything more that you want to say to that or just kind of... I, as you well, I just about? love the sequence of it because yeah. you imagine he goes, the harvest is plentiful, so he casts big vision. Yes, I want to go get the harvest. Yeah. Let's go get it. Okay, pray. Okay, I pray. God, I'm ready. Okay, go. Yep, ready to go. Ready to go. There's going to be wolves. That's fine. I ain't afraid of wolves. Now, don't carry anything else with you. Wait. You know, like, it's yeah. just like... Right. You right. just... He's just... I mean, it's just like last week when we saw that Jesus is above our comfort and security and our tribe and yeah. our identity and our reputation and all those things. Like, we have different idols. And this is very, very important in the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is not something you can control. And I yeah. promise you, you don't want to. <laughs> but that's hard for us because we live in a world that loves to control, right? Yeah. And so what I told you Sunday, and I don't know where I first heard this. This isn't my pithy statement, but it's a good one. Sometimes God sends us to a place that feels out of control to help us know that we're not in control, right? And so... This is really, really important. And this is a place that I would just say, even in this moment, it might be worth pausing and just thanking God for the moments when you're out of control. Because you can, in that moment, finally come to the conclusion that you're not in control. And you got one of two options then. Either your life is wrecked and it's hopeless and despair, or that God is actually in control. And so, you know this if you're a Christian. You've had moments in your life that are deeply painful. And many of you say, yep, but I wouldn't regret experiencing that. I've had some really painful stuff in my yeah. life. And what don't regret experiencing any of it. Why? Because I actually learned that I wasn't in control, but that Jesus was. And so this is how it's always going to be. I told you in Luke chapter 22, Jesus then tells them to carry those things. Right. But they've already come to the conclusion that Jesus is in control, and he's given us those things to steward for his kingdom, yeah. not to steward for our control. Yeah. That's right. the difference here. And so he, this step is to really help people relinquish control. And I think that's such a funny term because you're not really, you're yeah. relinquishing the illusion of control. But right. if it's easier to say, I'm relinquishing control, I get that. And then the last part of that one is even stay focused, yeah. right? Okay, you got all this. Now you're going to get on it and there's going to be lots of distractions. You're like, yeah, I'm going to go over there. I'm going to go. No, he's like, no, there is a mission. There is a harvest and there is a right time to uh, reap the harvest and there's a time where that stuff dies yeah. so there is an urgency here to stay focused that's why i love the story of the tortoise and the hare and i'm going it's not a story on speed it's a story on focus maybe it's both but it's a story on focus right it's a distracted hare that loses to a focused tortoise yeah. and so he just says stay focused you got work to do you can see it in the story of nehemiah he goes i can't come down i'm building a wall because this is what god told me to do so we have work to do and we're going to do it together so it's going to be a lot of fun and it's going to bring a lot of joy but there's still work to do this is the time to stay focused right we've been working on these series right you know getting sent and being all in i'm going hey 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 i know it's getting summer but no 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 no. stay focused stay focused that's why you can still watch online you can still participate but stay focused we got work to do the harvest is plentiful right now so how, how do we do that when things aren't bad right like i feel like there's a difference like how do you navigate that when you know, a conversation with somebody isn't a bad thing, like, because that's the way that I'm looking at it. So greet no one on the road. It's not like talking to somebody on the road was bad, right? Like, and, and maybe there were some robbers or some, there's some peril yeah, or dangers yeah, yeah. on the road that maybe Absolutely. that, that yeah. would add to it. But how do you, how do you navigate that in today's culture? Like, we get requests all the time. I'm even thinking of some that came in today that it's like, hey, that's not a bad thing. It's not yeah. like giving flu shots is a bad thing. But not really our focus. Yeah. How do we discern that in our everyday life? So let's think about how Jesus starts this. Uh, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. Yeah. So pray, therefore, mm. right? And so this is a, this is new muscles we all get to strengthen together yeah. and mess it up as we go. <laughs> how do we solve how to stay focused? We pray. Like literally, this is where it's short yeah. burst, right? Yeah. Oh, goodness, God, there's that person. Do you want me to actually ask how they are? 
Hmm. Like, do you really want me to say, hey, how are you doing? Or do you want me to say, what up? Good to see you. And keep on going, right? Like, you, this is where we have to start flexing these muscles of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. He really does want to speak to us. And the more we work on this, the better we'll get at it. Not that you'll be perfect. And this is where I love and will always default to, blessed are the pure in heart for they'll see God. So here's the good news. If you get this one wrong, but your heart is pure, you'll still see God. But this is where we actually have to start praying. That's what I was telling our staff today. Look, we've been wrestling through how do we communicate our mission statement about connecting to Jesus. Where Mm -hmm. does the Holy Spirit fit in? Because the Holy Spirit has filled every part of my life. Like I am a spirit-filled individual with fruit coming from that spirit. Like it's fallen off me in a way that I've never seen before. So we, and I even brought up today, Francis Chan wrote a beautiful book called Forgotten God. And it's actually a sad book. There literally is a third part of the Trinity. You got God the Father for his glory alone. You got God the Son, Jesus, who does this work of the salvation in our lives. And then you got the Holy Spirit, which makes himself known to us, makes Jesus known to us and empowers us to participate in the kingdom. And we don't talk about that part of about yeah. the kingdom or that God at all or very little. And so how do we know yeah. this? The Holy Spirit's going to reveal it to us. Well, I don't know how to hear the Holy Spirit. That's okay. Then keep trying. Like keep working on it. You can't mess it up. Blessed are the pure in heart. They'll see yeah. God. And I promise you, the more you stumble through this, this is a yeah. lot like learning to ride a bike or learn how to jog or drive a car. It's always slow first. It's just slow, right? And what ends up happening is you think you can do it faster and you get arrogant and go, and then you hurt yourself like I did on a mountain bike and go, I don't know that I get back on one for a while, right? But so it's just taking your time and just asking the Spirit to make Himself known. Yeah. I promise he will. It may take a while. It may take years for you to really discern that voice, but you will, I promise. And so I think that's it. I think it's, we stay focused and we're just continuing to ask God underneath our breath, right? We're just going, God, is this the conversation you want me to have right now? Like I have to decide whether every single time I walk past someone, is this the time and go, how are you doing? Because this certainly is rude for me to walk past someone and go, how are you doing? And they go, well, it's been a bad day. And I'm like, okay, see you later, right? (laughs) So I just got to sort through where my time and stewardship should be at that time. Yeah, right. Uh, so continuing on, word verse 5, it says, uh, Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace be to this house. And I'll just read 6 as well. Yeah. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. So in this one, this is where we bring 6, mm-hmm. was bring peace. Um, and then 7 was, uh, and actually that might be the next verse. Yeah, so, 7, uh, we'll get to 7 and 8. Yeah, so we'll verse. get to 7. Yeah. So bring peace. How, how do we go about doing that? Like, what do we do? Yeah, yeah, so the word, in, uh, the Greek for peace is literally a de- direct translation from the word in Hebrew, which is shalom. Yeah. And so that's God's whole goal. In the beginning, there is a peaceable kingdom, and Adam and Eve dwelt with God in the cool of the night. God walked with Adam and Eve. That's peace. It was perfect. There's wholeness. They were naked, and it says they felt no shame. So we we go, if that's what peace looks like, then peace is an absence of shame. It's just an absence of shame, right? And so as we think about this, the word peace literally means completeness, wholeness. And so what we're thinking about here is you are bringing peace and wholeness and healing to people. And some of that is just words like you're forgiven, right? It's, It's helping shame disappear. It's ushering in the spirit wherever you go and the spirit inside you the spirit goes with you and where the spirit of the lord is is what the scripture says there is freedom where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom and so uh, peace is this place that you go and you bring freedom i was reading galatians 5 again today and it literally says it's for freedom christ set us free right and so there's something about this peace that we offer and so you bring it you bring it everywhere you go and as the spirit does more work in you just your calmness mm-hmm. your peace, your joy, your hope, as you bring these things in, right, you, uh, you are ushering it in. Now, think about this. 
there's a lot of places that it, in some ways, it's really, really hard to be really, really grumpy around really joyful people. <laughs> but it's still possible, yeah. right? And so you think about that. Well, that's a really good picture. I'm ushering in peace. I'm ushering in joy. And I want to offer it to people. And they, they want nothing to do with it. Okay, well, then take it back. Head to the next place. Yeah. It really is just that simple. And then we make it a lot more complicated. That you're just bringing in. You're bringing in your wholeness. Not because you're whole, but because Christ is in you. And he's mm -hmm. doing a work in you. So wherever you go, there's a whole peaceful, shameless person walking in there. Even if you don't believe it fully in your head, God sees it fully in your heart, right? That's just how that works. And so when we're talking about bringing peace, we're talking about bringing in. See what it says? Let's really see this. First, you say peace to your house. This is why I get frustrated with, and forgive me for this, and some of you might love this quote. For St. Francis of Assisi, Assisi says, Wherever you go, preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words. What? What? Over and over again, there's words to be used. Yeah. And so I, I understand the meaning. It's like, just don't go with the bullhorn. Yeah. And so there's been some overcorrection, but we've not used that as a crush to go, I'm just going to be a nice person. No, 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 no. no. Right. you got to talk about why you're a nice person. you got to talk about why these things are here. Not just go do the things. you got to talk about who Jesus is because people yeah. are going, they don't believe in this and they're not proud of it. Why in the world would I want this? Yeah. There is something about actually saying these things out loud. It's really important to see here to say, and we got to keep moving. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm so, preaching it again. Uh, <laughs> Um, so oh, verse seven yeah. says, and remaining in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house, which brings up receive from God. Yeah. So this is really nice. Like God is sending you out and he's going to meet your needs as he does it. Yeah. Like it's so gracious. Like it's just so gracious. And so like, I don't know what God's called you to, but he wants you to do it and he's going to supply your needs and he's going to give you more than you could ever hope or imagine. That's literally what Paul tells us in Ephesians 3. He goes, now to that God who will get do immeasurably more. So when you start hearing from God and doing what he says, and you start having dreams, your dreams are tiny. You're allowed to have them compared to God. So literally these guys go, no, I have a knapsack. Can you imagine when they walk in and there is these strangers feeding them food they've never had before? Like <laughs> some of you have never had good, rare meat, right? And they're feeding you. Like, this is the best thing ever. Many of us have never had lobster. Oh, this is the, like, not that they be, maybe they would. I don't know. It depends on the culture. And so whatever you see here, it's like God is going to meet their needs. But not just meet them. He's going to surpass whatever their expectations were. And so it's like, guys, this isn't, you're going to war and it's going to be miserable. Yeah. This is, you're going to go live in the kingdom yeah. and usher in the kingdom everywhere you go. And as you get there, you're going to see the kingdom at work there. And you are going to get what the Lord believes you deserve, which is grace upon grace because of what Jesus did for you. So you got that. And the second one is, it's kind of like the same one as the first one. Stay focused, stay focused. But this one's different in the lean in because this will stay focused once you've actually seen what's in front of you, right? The first yeah. one is, we got to get to the place where we bring in the peace. Now it's going, once I feel that get the peace, it's not like I go, okay, did that. Let's go to the next one. It's like, oh, here it is. Now you lean in, lean in as you've ushered in this peace. So there's just something about staying the course. God wants to bless you with community and blessings in those things. Yeah. Now, if God tells you to leave, you got to leave. But in these moments, it certainly seems like he's not going, hey, you're not trying to spread a bunch of seed everywhere. You're just going to the place and you're meeting the needs because guess what's going to happen? As you meet with them, the Lord's going to do something to them and then they are going to be sent too. So yeah. this is the two grabbing the 10, coming back as the 12 and split back up in six more pairs, yeah. right? So. so let me read just kind of the re through the rest of the yeah. 12, and we'll just cover the 9, nine and 10, 10 together. Yeah. So it says, Heal the sick and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. But whatever, uh, but whenever you enter a town and do not receive you, uh, and they do not receive you, go into the streets and say, Even the dust of your town that clings to our feet will wipe off against you. Nevertheless, yeah. know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you that it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for 
for that town. And so nine was be grateful and gracious, and then ten was to go heal the sick. Yeah, and again, and all then, of that still has to do with, pay attention to this, verse nine, heal the sick and say to them. Yeah. Say to them. So I know this sounds strange, and this is brand new to me, but there is something about our words. There's something about language. And by the way, you can kind of pay attention to what culture is doing with language right now and going, yep, see, this. a lot of folks understand the value of language and how it can be distorted, and we know yeah. all these things. And so there's something about language that really, really matters. So we got to be grateful and gracious. God is going to meet our needs, but it might not be the way that you think it is. Receive it and be gracious as if it's not what you wanted it to be because it's still what God desired and planned for it to be, right? So you got that yeah. one. And the second one, the tenth one is, and I told you a little bit, there are people with gifts of healing that yeah. are different for people like some of them are supernatural some are medical right and and but for all of us we all get to participate in healing the sick because what we're doing is we're ushering in peace yeah. peace is wholeness and completeness so as we bring in peace we're bringing in healing right mm -hmm. you have no idea the pain that someone's uh, words have caused in other people and as you speak freedom and mm -hmm. you remove shame that is real healing there's pains in our body that are actually the result of mental pains and things that we have not grieved or are in the middle of grieving and so all of us as we speak life the god is saying there's power of life and death in the tongue literally we got to see that our words actually mm -hmm. every single time bring healing you are either uncovering in value and bringing healing or you are covering it up and bring in more pain and sorrow. Yeah. There is, it's binary in that sense. And so we do get to do healing, but I do think it's important that I didn't cover it. I wanna make sure we have time here of just these woes that he yeah. talks about here. So one thing to think about the woes is this is not uh, like harsh condemnation. This is painful grief. Yeah. These words are painful grief, but Jesus does kind of put a hierarchy of how that judgment's gonna be experienced. Yeah. I do think we got a question about that. Yeah, probably worth covering I, I, I wanted to get to that question. Yeah. Um, which really is part of 12. It says, at Luke 10, 12, we learn that it will be more tolerable um, on Judgment Day for wicked Sodom than for that city where the disciples were rejected. Does that mean that my kind and generous non-Christian friends will be less tortured on the, that day than non-Christian child molesters and the like? That, that's a really uh, great question, and it's painful to think about. And yeah. I, so I was going to cover it, and kind of wrote some notes down, and I was thinking about this. Like for example, example in Genesis 19, we see guilty inhabitants of the, the cities that are talking about. They receive temporal punishment, yeah. right? So like even the thing about Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. Sodom and Gomorrah, they were everybody in that town received it, right? Yes. They received that punishment. We think about Noah. Everybody received that. Right. But I would tell you that was God being merciful. The reason being is he didn't want them to continue to cause pain. Now, right. we don't know what that means in terms of salvation long term. Yeah. We don't know. We just know that there were temporal things that happened where he wiped them out of the, their misery, right? We know that. So I don't know how to hold claim to what that means for eternal damnation, yeah. right? But it does seem throughout the scriptures that there is a different level of justice and punishment for those who continue to reject Jesus versus those who didn't know any better. Yeah, right. Right? And so it's hard to talk about this because it really gets confusing. And it's like what I would just point to is God is so just and so perfect that every single action will be accounted for and everything will happen in the way by which there is justice in our world. And so either we get completely covered by Jesus, right? And then we get rewarded for our participation in this world, right? Or we're not covered by Jesus, and therefore we have to give an account for our own behavior. And it certainly seems to imply that uh, those who aren't covered by Jesus who have to give account of their behavior, there will be different levels of justice that, that, and punishment they'll experience. I uh, don't like to talk about it much because it's like, see, this is the God gets his own universe. I promise you. God is perfectly just and it will make sense. So does that mean the child molester versus not? No, I think there are grievous things that people will pay the price for if Jesus doesn't cover it on their behalf. 
one of two people are paying the price for every single sin that they do. Either Jesus is or we are. Mm. So there's that level of justice. That's how unique and intentional God is in his justice. That's why Jesus is so great in this. But it's still really, really hard to understand. But there does be, and I want to make sure to highlight this, there does seem to be a different level of justice offered to those and punishment offered to those who continually refuse to reject Jesus' claims. So the amount of times you hear this. Accept Jesus' claims. No, punishment for those who continue to reject, right? So what that means is the more that you hear that Jesus loves you, has a plan for you, and in your arrogance you go, I don't want his grace because I don't even think it's real or I can't understand it in your pride, there will be a level of punishment. So you go, hey, my good-natured friends, we got to go, well, why are they good-natured, right? Because is it that they actually really are good and they want to do good? Or is it that they believe they're so good in their self that they can they can earn their own salvation? It's mm. like that is the ultimate arrogance to literally stick your middle finger up at God and go, I don't need you, bro. I got it mm. myself, right? I mean, literally there is one unpardonable sin and it is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Mm. So as the Holy Spirit continues to woo people, continues to make himself known, there are people who literally and figuratively are sticking their middle finger up at God and going, I want nothing to do with you. I don't even believe you exist. I can look around and see all the stuff and I'll believe this. And there is is a damnation for that. And so as I say that, I go, I want to offer all the caveats to like, yeah, I got to see this. This is the two trains. God didn't send people to hell. They only go there because they like all this different stuff. And I go, oh, see, I could, I could get us caught up in that. Or, or I could just say, this is why Luke 10, 1 is so important. Yeah. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few, meaning every single person we encounter should be able mm-hmm. to make a decision to either accept or reject Jesus's claims because we've done our, our duty with his spirit inside us to go and bring the kingdom of heaven and usher in peace to do that. Not that we bear the burden for other people's damnation or eternal punishment, but that we have been given an opportunity. So we can go, oh, I don't really understand it. I don't really know. What about the people in, you know, uh, in the, you know, in the Andes Mountains and never heard any stuff? And I'd go, I don't have any answers for that. Mm. But what it seems like is those who refuse to receive Jesus' grace will pay a steep price mm. for it. Those who continually refuse to receive Jesus' grace will definitely pay a very steep price for that. And we can just take the words at face value and go, Lord, would you break our hearts for this? Mm. And would you use us to usher in your kingdom to every nook and cranny of this world? We have a calling here. And for some reason, Jesus' solution for what you're concerned about and the pain that we feel about that is you and I. Mm. So we cannot understand it all and still go, his means is his people empowered by his spirit, and we can lean in there. So I don't know exactly what eternal damnation and punishment look like. I don't know what's temporal. I have no idea. I just know that we have an option to be receivers and extenders of God's grace or suppressors of it, both in our own life and in others. So you get to make that choice. Yeah, It's harsh, and I get it, and, but it, yeah. still God's words. And again, I don't have my own universe. Yeah. This is a universe that... Uh, God allow me to be in the only one that I know that exists with his grace and his peace and his mercy. So we can either accept it or reject it. Yeah. So that is pretty much all the time. Is there any final thoughts that you had? Any, anything that you wanted to share? Yeah, I just would conclude in that and just double down because I think this is actually what Jesus says. Let me read verse 16. Uh, The one who hears you, hears me. Mm. The one who hears you, hears me. So this is him actually telling us. This is him telling me right now. The one who hears you, hears me, right? Jesus is saying, hey, Josh, the ones on Sunday, Hey, Ben, the ones on Sunday, the ones listening to this overtime right now, the ones who hear my words out of you and my scriptures being read from you, they hear me. Mm. And so this isn't, wow, aren't we special? It's going, his words are, and he wants you to hear him. The one who hears you hears me. And the one who rejects you 
yeah. rejects me. And this is not a place where I go, aha, they'll get what they deserve. It's yeah, like, yeah. no, Lord, like, how can I continue and continue to continue to share this news so that more and more people will accept it and hear it and not reject it. Mm. And the one who rejects me rejects the one who sends me. So he goes, here's it is. There's the mission, my mission through you. You, my people, my mission through my people. And if they receive it, they're receiving me. And here's the good news. If they receive me, they also get to receive my father. Meaning when they receive it from you, they are fully in the kingdom. Do you get this? Like you are walking around with all the backstage passes to the kingdom and you can usher them out to anyone you go, right? Think about it. Like think about if you were to win a billion dollars, how you distribute that. Mm. You wouldn't keep it all. You get all these people in your life that you would want to share in your joy and wealth. And yeah. Jesus is going, I got something better than that. And you have all the keys and you have all the tickets. Should yeah. we give those tickets out? May we give those tickets out so freely? And those who receive it, oh, guess what? They receive me, Josh. And if they receive me, they receive my father. They get fully in to the kingdom. They are full sons and daughters mm. with all the rights and authority that comes with that. And so we get to be image bearers and gospel declarers everywhere we go. And that's pretty good statement yeah, it's, it's that's it love you catchy. guys would love for you to participate in it yeah so thanks everyone for joining us really hope that you were challenged and encouraged by this as always if you have questions we would love for you to be a part of kind of the overtime production so you can email us at overtime at clcfamily.church you can also text us 610-869-2140 whether it's a question that we've gone through whether it's a question of an upcoming sermon or just something that you're kind of walking through we'd love to hear from you for that so that's all the time that we've got. We hope to see you maybe on Friday for the movie night. and Sunday out. as we wrap up the series. So. Yeah, Sunday wrap up the series and the kitty course um, golf. Lots of fun. Yeah, okay. have a great week.